0: I am unashamed. What about you?
1: All right, so I uh, made it to North Carolina. uh, Zach has built a new studio, which I have to say is really nice. Chase, you remember the one he had uh, before it looked like he was in some kind of dilapidated building. Like, <laughs> it was homeless,
2: horrible.
1: <laughs> <laughs> with the, the bricks, the, the missing bricks behind him and all that. So this is his uh, new little setup here in Black Mountain. It's nice. And, and so Zach has been spending most of his time in Louisiana working on the movie that we mentioned that, about mom and dad. So he's a movie mogul now. So I decided that since I was here, instead of getting Zach Dasher 2.0 I would get Dasher 1.0, the originator, the paterfamilias of the Dasher clan, Mr. Gordon Dasher, Welcome. to join us. Well,
3: Gordon. glad to be here. And yeah.
1: y'all fix so the, got... the time delay somehow or another. It's, yeah, it's, it's a better internet, I guess. Yeah. yeah I the, la- the ones we did yesterday from the road, it was it was tough. <laughs> I yeah, mean, was... they're going to fix it all, so our, the audience hopefully won't know it, but it was, it was hard to do yesterday.
2: It was frustrating. Uh,
1: yeah. Frustrated,
2: but now we're in uh, we're in our last week of filming, official week. You know, there's always pick up interviews here and there and promotional stuff we'll do. So
1: I'm running. Well, you know, a, Jace, on dad e. said it. Dad said it before we started rolling. Uh Just hearing you just talk about it. I mean for those of us that were involved on the first show it's like I don't know about you dad but I'm like oh man I I hate it for Jace but I sure am glad it's not me well one of my buddies uh from who who used
2: to work at Duck Commander and he's a good friend of the family and all he was in town because he was doing some something in Shreveport so he came by and I was like hey come eat supper with us that was last night and uh I so said, Missy, she's making beans and rice and hot cornbread. Al, you've been in on that. We do that once a oh, week yeah. no matter what. It's my one of my Good favorite stuff. meals. And uh, she's just, she's a master at cooking that. She's got some special seasoning from somewhere, not even in this country.
0: that well, makes, You crossed a great hurdle when she finally started going in and doing a little cooking. Boy, I'm telling. She is
2: She has turned into a world class cook. The next time she's on this podcast, let's bring
1: lit that up. What lit the
0: fire under her? She I said, "I know. think I'll start she, cooking like most women do." Well,
2: you know,
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> not true. Dad. I don't I don't. I don't might
0: disagree with you on that one, but she she Y'all she need to watch more episodes of Matt Dillon and get yeah. with <laughs> the program. Well, when you live in a
2: state yeah. of 1950, 1960, this is the kind of information that comes across. But anyway, so I sent him a text like at six o'clock. I thought that's when we would be done. That came and went. Then seven o'clock came and went. Then eight o'clock came and went. And then I realized, okay, basically my buddy is over there eating supper with my wife. One and then I, when I got there, uh, her parents were there, and so I, I could see him through the window. It was, it was my in-laws. It was Missy. We had our little baby that we're fostering, and then there was my buddy, Collie. <laughs> There's all kind of things going around your house, Jason. We roll. Jeff and I rolled in about nine o'clock. So yeah, it was so, it was pretty you know, funny. Hey,
1: cow, have a fun eating with the wife and the babies.
2: Yeah, and the in-laws. Yeah. I was and like, hey, bud. He's like, wow, this this TV
0: thing goes well into the night. I was like, in yeah. a matter of days, you ended up. Back at the child-rearing age, you had your kids. They were going on. They were going into high school, college, getting college degrees. Usually I pulled it off. They turned out pretty good. And then you just look up. Now we've got a newborn baby. That Yeah. I've been looking for books that, you know, because there's a lot of them about
2: being an empty nester. Yeah. But there's no book out there that says, empty nest, oh, wait.
1: Yeah. I heard a comedian,
0: Jason. That would be a remarkable change of the way you do things. Yeah. Here comes a new baby. Here comes a television show. Let's just crank it all up again and go with it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's been weird.
2: But I believe
1: I see the Lord's
2: direction in this. And so
1: I heard a comedian one time that said, uh, I have. I thought I had an empty nest, but it must have a hole in it because they keep crawling back into the nest. So yeah. well, there may be well, some truth to that. So, so when I true. got up here, Jace, it's the same. Zach and Jill are. I mean, they're doing what y'all are doing down there. So they that's had like adopted a baby, right? Yeah. Uh, we baby Ruth, and so they've had her. Is she her a year? year? <laughs> yeah. So she's a year old. Well, I come in and there's another baby, like a <laughs> newborn. Oh no! Really? I was like. Who 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 has this? Because they already have four or five kids already.
3: Four four, four yeah. biological. Well, to, to show you how thing,
0: show you how things morph out, and this starts and that starts. Last night, I'm in the bed, <laughs> and, and I hear a gnawing sound. Are we back on these rats? <laughs> We're oh, back on mother. the rats. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you old. can't eradicate these rats? <laughs> you
2: want me to come down there and correct that? I'm, Her- tell it, I'm good
0: on. at killing rats. Well, this is a pretty good story. <laughs> okay. Uh, about uh, a year ago, I heard a gnawing in the wall. It's in the wall between my bedroom and the bathroom. There's yeah. a, there's a wall there. I think you told us about this. Oh well did no. That was last year. Oh. Well this year I, I'm lying there last night about all eleven thirty or twelve. Miss Kay, she doesn't go to bed about twelve or one every night. All right. So she's a late she stays up, you know, watching, you know, you know, what is it the New Orleans the the, 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 the Cop and robber st- stations, you know. Cop and robbers stations. Or something NIS, I, I, I N-S-I-S, or New I, Orleans. I
1: yeah. don't know,
0: but Yeah, that's a woman thing. But anyway, I'm lying there in bed. I hear this gnawing. And on my left, of course, you know, there's an array of close range weapons and weapons just... I mean, you know, I'm armed here. Yeah. But... Unfortunately for me, I'm not armed for in-house combat. Or what's going on inside one of my walls? Yeah. So I I kept hearing that gnawing. So there's no way to get to this varmint. He's, I mean, Phil, he's, I think I was. He's just, within he's within six feet of me. I would but cut he's a in hole the, in the wall. Well, I'm I'm getting to the hole. All right, but but really <laughs> I'm sitting there, and, so I said, well, I, I first. I didn't, You don't want to use a weapon that, that I had there, you know, put, put holes in the wall or the, or the floor. Yeah. I could have him. I think you should But I had to shoot through the wall to kill him. And then I said the ricochet would yeah. be in the bathroom, which is next there. You know, there's a bathtub in there. I think you I'll should come do up. it. And I'll, I got a guy who will fix it. Well, where is he?
2: I, well, make, do the damage and then I'll call oh, me. Blow a hole in the wall and
0: I, fix it like well, well, kill the rat and then do the damage and then just I will. To show you how how uh, these rats evidently have a pretty good mind on them, because this went on from about twelve o'clock to daylight. Well, when I finally got up by seven thirty, eight o'clock, and and. I had a BB gun there in case he got out in, inside the house. Yeah, he's too sick. But asleep. he had yeah. already that, that hole from last year. Yeah. I just walked in the bathroom, and right in front of me, he just trotted. He, oh, I don't, you saw him? I don't have a weapon. I don't have a weapon except take a leak, if you consider that a weapon. But I was just standing <laughs> there taking a leak, and I looked over there, and this thing, a <laughs> wharf rat. Without his (laughs) tail, he was about a foot long. Oh my God! This is a this is a show enough rat. Yeah, that's not a mouse. Yeah, he takes off and went around the corner where the hole was in the wall last year that I just taped it over. I yeah. taped it, and nothing messed with it. Whatever got in there he last year the- died in the wall. Flies started blowing him inside the wall. <laughs> yeah, coming out. I finally taped it all up to keep the flies out. And went back and killed all the flies. Well, I'm back in there again, and this thing. Did he run through the tape? He had cut a hole in that. In that last night, he cut that hole oh, that so I had he- patched. Yeah, so he could get access. He hit the hole. He's back in the wall now, and I thought, I mean, that was my best shot. I'd have had at him in fact, i had a weapon in my hand. Yeah. But so he runs in there, you know, and I looked at that hole, and he's cut through it. So I got to get some kind of. Uh, I think what I would heavy do, heavy gorilla tape or whatever, and tape no, the hole back. I, up. I, I, I think you're going about it wrong. I'd get out. I'd get up on the house and find that wall there. So somehow take the
2: wall out is what I would do. Take the wall. When you go home to today after this,
0: take the wall out because he won't realize that. Jace, the, when you start talking about going back in your bedroom and taking the <laughs> wall out between your bathroom and bedroom, you're, you're talking about a major I'll, terror. I have a guy who will fix the wall. So it won't cost you
2: anything. I'll fix the wall. If you take the wall out, get access to the take the shot, and then I'll fix the wall.
1: Yeah, but you've yeah. only killed one. I mean, this sounds like to me, this is the, what if he's the leading edge of an army when of warfare To use rats? a technical
0: term, this is infestation. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, you got an infestation. You. Get, and that's why I'm saying drastic infestations call for drastic measures. Take the wall down, because you have to be a able to get a visual. lot of people, they
0: can't sleep comfortably when there are varmints. They are rats. And you hear all these shows, you know, bubonic plague, whatever, you know, that they yeah. spread. And it just—it's uh, just not a good sight when you look up in your bathroom, and you're standing there in no, your underwear, and here comes a rat, and he's that long with tail yeah. and all. I mean, it's a—it's well, not I, like a little bitty mouse. This thing is. No,
2: I, I got it. You live on the river. There's various forms of rats down here, and which it's unusual that it's not really high water, and that you have this infestation. Them
0: and you can kill them. Well, you don't want to do that. If I'm going to poison the rats to kill the rats, I'll kill all three. Miss Kay's dog. Miss Kay got three dogs. She doesn't want them dying. Take the wall down. You have to be
2: able to look, and that way you can hunt from there. I I would just take it off in
0: pieces they, that's just one wall over there between my bedroom and the bathroom well it's it's not a big wooden house it's all paid for so i'm not going to do anything fancy here but i'm just saying take it out start taking out walls it's not it, that big a deal i'm telling you, they can fix a wall in 20 minutes yeah yeah i could one run day. i could stop him from getting in that wall i that's guess that's why i'm but, saying you well, have to keep have, it from going to the next one and the next one and the next wall well you just have to have a point where Within any hunting situation,
2: you got to get a visual on where he's hanging out. I'm saying tear open the wall. he I guarantee you he'll just come through there because they're creatures of habit. You take him out with your pellet gun, and then we'll fix the wall later. I mean, I, I would
0: make sure all of them are dead before you put the wall back up. Yeah, you know, make sure all of them are dead around the house, Jason. You, 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 you're not understanding. I mean, there's a well, lot. It's better of, than what you're doing now. There's a lot of rat activity <laughs> up under my house. And I don't want other some old guys, if I feed some dishes up with antifreeze, I'm like, yeah, the dog. No, dogs, we
2: can't get into all that. That'd I mean, kill
0: dogs, cats. But
2: you, they're using the walls as a cover for their activity. Take the walls down. Yep. I feel like Reagan here... Mr. Gorbachev. Tear down that wall. (laughs) (laughs) Well. Get get to the right. Get access. (laughs) I'm not going to create that kind of carpenter
0: carpenter problems. I'm not going to do that. But, Phil, Uh, I have a guy. I'm saying I have a guy who will be glad to do it
2: i
1: I'm offering Jace to pay a, for This it. is a classic yeah. redneck solution. I have a for, guy, I have a guy yeah. and it's yeah. but it's only deal with the one rat you're dealing with. Is but this is a larger as a situation. Son,
2: Yeah, I'm giving you a present, your early Christmas <laughs> present for you and Kay for rat freedom. I will if you'll take
0: the wall down and shoot the rats. I will put it back up. I have not harvested, but about five of them. I've killed five. So, and, and, and uh, the, the the glue stick on? them, the, the little pads of uh, glue. I mean, I tried that, and they just run out on it, and they hit it, and they, and they get stuck in it. Well, sometimes you got to think outside the like, walls. Like a four-wheeler stuck in the mud. I mean, yeah. I, I, you can catch them. I've caught a few, Absolutely. and they're alive, but they're stuck in the... Stuck in the you know, cliff. it's
1: like the guy... what's what hey, is, is uh, on, Jace Jace, let's take a break. <laughs> so, Dad, you and I... Mm-hmm. Um, as we've gotten older, we, we, we joke that we kind of are getting old at the same time, although Jay's isn't far behind. Uh, we found out from one of our uh, sponsors, Omega XL, uh, that you have 360 joints from your neck all the way down to your feet. Uh, and I've always thought it was kind of interesting because it's almost like a joint a day for something potentially to go wrong. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, you start getting that ache you know, in your joints, especially as you start getting older. Uh, when you're young, uh, our bodies produce what they call SPMs, which keep our joints healthy. As we get older, we don't produce quite as many SPMs. And so that's why you get the pain. Omega XL is made to help you restore and rejuvenate those joints and muscles, just like when you were younger. So it's a great supplement. Nothing quite like it on the market. Uh, we've been taking it for quite a while. It works for dad. It works for me. Uh, we'd like you to go to OmegaXL.com slash to give it a try. You're going to buy a bottle. You're going to get a second bottle for free. So it's a great deal. That gives you a couple of months to be able to really see how how well this product and supplement works. Go to OmegaXL.com slash fill. OmegaXL.com slash fill. Or you can call them at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888.
0: It's the clear I mean, sound of teeth on wood. On
2: wood. Right. Yeah. R- so he's, r- so he's chewing r- up r-
1: r- your studs of your wall. Exactly. Yeah. That's
0: what I'm saying. The wall needs to be fixed anyway. This goes on for yeah. hours. He's, it's, it sounds like <laughs> a saw, uh, like a hand saw saw on a board it just went fell well
2: you're too close to the situation I mean look you're you're I hate to tell you this but your house
0: oh I'm six feet from the situation <laughs> yeah I know just inside that wall on my left and I got an array of weapons but i I just hadn't shot through it yet because yeah I can't <laughs> yes, tell exactly yep. where he is so if you tear spot. down
2: the wall or make a hole an access point then you get a light i would I would make it about head high then you look down in there, you get a visual, small scope, pellet gun,
1: pow. As we leave this tantalizing subject of Phil's Rats that we are the, there's thousands and thousands of podcasts around the world. This is the we first. are the only one that is talking about this particular well, subject. I it's can, a problem. I can tell you that right now. It,
2: I think people will learn from the situation and now you can make your own spiritual application, but. If you got, rock, <laughs> if you have rats in the spiritual walls, you need to tear down the walls down and the down. Lord is good at that.
1: I agree. So, well, I'm glad, I'm glad Phil thought of that. So, uh, let's get about to, our, let's get to our rat killing as they say. Uh, and, uh, we're in second Corinthians, uh, chapter two. Uh, that's where we left off yesterday <clears throat> on the road and we were laughing because of course Gordon is like us. He's, uh. You spent your whole life in ministry. Uh, I don't know that you really planned that, right? It just—were you thinking that's what you would do? I mean, because you—you pretty much preached and taught your whole life. Yeah, yeah. I planned it. Yeah. So, but <laughs> I, I thought it just happened into it, like we did. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so we—all of us have a love for the Word of God, and it was always—and we talk a lot about Jan uh, on on the podcast we have in the past. And of course, Jan and Gore were married for how many? 40, uh 40 almost 44 years yeah 44 years and of course jam was sort of the I mean I guess in our family dad I mean she was like always the one who just had a special anointing towards the word towards sharing it I mean she was instrumental in your conversion. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, she was instrumental in our lives, Jace, because she was just always that person, you know, that was there for us, especially me. Well,
2: I've shared many times she was instrumental in me getting married to the wife I married because she taught my wife in the fourth grade. And it's a crazy story. But we visited a WFR in like the eighth grade, eighth or ninth grade, and she picked out. Uh, my wife no i think we visited while she was teaching in the fourth grade and then she said that's the girl you're gonna marry so i was in the sixth grade and uh of course i was like well she's crazy she's picking out fourth graders that i'm gonna marry good job so later on when i got back to wfr as a junior or senior somewhere in there so now we're talking about years later a series of fortunate events led me to start dating Missy. And then she reminded me, yeah, that's the girl. Remember I predicted when you said I was crazy in the fourth grade. And I was like, are you serious? Yeah. So it was, then it looked like some kind of prophecy or something. Now, <laughs> was yesterday, what you was talked scary.
0: about that, that going to hand it down to your children. And we were talking about Sadie and which at four years old, These, that's like a lot like Janice Ellen. Janice, in other words, the, 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 all, they, they, they prophesize young girls. And you listen to them, you're like, where in the world did they come up with that? I mean, Mm -hmm. they're like, they're just doing what, almost like they were just, they were meant to do it. I mean,
1: the dad, you think about with Jan, Bible verses are (laughs) just
0: coming out of them.
1: I didn't even know this thing with Jace and Missy, or if I did, I forgot it. But she said about dad, she said, if this guy, if we can get him out of the world and into the kingdom, he'll lead thousands. That was what she said. Yeah. And And that was a true prophecy. She said about me, she said... She kept telling me, "You're going to be great in the kingdom. You're going to do kingdom work." I mean, she told me all that when I was a kid. When I we had no spiritual guidance at that point. So, yeah, I'd say the woman had a definite gift of prophecy. And, and well, we're well, like, she look.
2: Of one of the th- reasons that I continued uh, the relationship because at face value, it seems like I mean, I've said many times, my wife and I have nothing in common outside of Jesus and our kids, and she hates it every time I say that, but it's true. We, we are literally oil and water about how we operate in every facet of life, which is actually kind of interesting. But I, I remember I thinking, I well, said, my I, Aunt Jan I, said that this, you know, she I, I kept pursuing it because I thought maybe she was on to something. So from a spiritual perspective, because I love my wife's heart for Jesus. I mean, that's what drew me to her. She was not so much interested in me. Like, when we were dating, she didn't seem very interested in me. But, uh, like, our first official date when we pulled up, you know, most girls that I had taken out, they were, like, would have a conversation, like, once we pull up to their, their house. they It's like their first instinct was not to get out, abandon the vehicle, and leave as quickly as possible. But that's exactly what Missy did. I mean, I, we we pulled up. She said, yeah, that was fun. Open the door. Boom. No, no possibility of a peck on the cheek or anything. It's like, I'm out of here. And I thought, well, I don't guess
0: that went well. What but I'm saying is you had
2: Janice hang on, Ellen. Hang on, Dad. Hang
1: on, Dan. <laughs> Let's take a break.
3: The standoff at the border is heating up between Texas Governor Greg Abbott and the federal government.
4: Politicians will never let a crisis go to waste.
0: You had, you had Janice, you're talking about Willie's daughter, your Sadie. granddaughter, the one you Pearl. were talking about. What's her name? Yep, Pearl. Pearl? Yeah, you have <coughs> yep. Pearl. So you have this little cadre of women, and you would almost think if you heard them talking that somebody had sat there and just f- constantly fed them on what to say, but... The amazing thing is, there, there, it's coming out from them, and they weren't trained to do that. I mean, they just—well, some know. people
2: just have the gift of discernment and and reading people, and uh, you know, I think it's from God, and you can call it whatever you want to, but it's evident what? that that's <coughs> well, real. Well, the point,
1: the point I was making was, there was a—I think there's always been a link between Gordon, between your family and ours, in the sense of ministry. Be for, for that like when that, all our uncles and aunts yeah. would come <clears throat> I mean we played dominoes we did you know Robertson and things but I always remember the discussions some we, heated yeah very heated because <clears throat> we loved to argue but y'all, they y'all love to argue yeah, yeah I don't right. like to argue yeah, right. oh yes so, you
2: do Gordon you love to argue he <laughs> no loves I don't to argue. no you. <laughs> I let's it. argue <laughs> about
1: who loves to argue <laughs> who loves to argue I don't like to argue you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> I think you do. Oh, he no, he do not We all know he does. So but but the thing is I just remember growing up we were on the river when Janet Gordon would come and it would be, it would be whatever they were doing in ministry or studying or whatever we were studying, and it would usually be, you know, back and forth and all that. But it was always Something godly, something related to ministry, but it wasn't like that with the other uncles and aunts. So I, I do think there was a special bond, and it still goes on. I mean, Zach and I are partners now. Zach's working with Jason on projects. He, I mean, it's just like, you know, God obviously knew what we could accomplish kingdom-wise, whether it was in a small pond someplace or in this bigger ocean that we seem to be in now. You know, doing ministry. So well, it's so funny
2: because a- Zach and I. You know, we're really, I mean, we're cousins, and we're really good friends, and we see eye-to-eye eye on most of, like, biblical theology, but we get there totally different. But amongst all that, I mean, si- uh, Zach, a couple times just in the past year, he has gotten so mad <laughs> mad at me in an argument. He's just hung up on me. He's just, <laughs> <laughs> he's just
3: like, For real? Oh,
2: yeah. And it's so funny because then a couple weeks later, like, one of the times he hung up on me, we had this huge argument about how we should move forward in this venture. Well, it turned out I was right.
3: And then he was like,
2: I was like, you hung up on me two weeks ago? Because he never acknowledged, oh, you were right. He's just like, yeah, that worked out. And I
3: was like, well, let's go back and analyze. You're telling me that somebody with Robertson DNA would not admit yeah. That their previous point of view was wrong <laughs> yeah in
2: fact he, nah. he hung up on me he was so frustrated and then he, he didn't acknowledge. he just said he kept saying that worked out and I, I said are you gonna bring up when you hung up hung the phone <laughs> up on me <laughs> he was like well I really just had to go anyway and I thought this argument is pointless so I'm just hanging up
0: I trained <laughs> myself years ago when I'm speaking on the telephone what is it that you call me for? I'm, I'm basically that's I'm saying yeah, and I don't say hello. I'm like yeah, and they say, <laughs> yeah. and they'll tell me whatever they're telling me, and <clears throat> uh, I'm like, I I'll I'll will try to answer their question, but I don't say goodbye. No, I know you hang up. I just I'm just sitting there and I'm you ha- listening. You hang I'm, up I'm on me every time. I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you, but I mean, what what do you have on your mind? That's kind of once that comes up. I'm saying <laughs> one, two, three. I answer, keep the faith. You know, get out alive and bong, click. I'm, I'm done. Right? No, Phil, I,
2: we all know that. I've told many people that when I've said, "Okay, you're fixing to have a conversation with my dad," like if I'm lining up the conversation, I said, no, "Look, don't take offense. He's gonna hang up on you, without any pleasantries. He's and he's also not gonna say hello, which is kind of weird."
1: But I but said, "But that's I, always been that's always been his style." Because man, we'd have people over you know nobody's sitting around talking getting, up going to me. he just gets up and says all right and he just walks goes to bed yeah everybody sitting there's like they start looking at me and they're like is, is he did he leave is he is he gone is he down for the night hey, I said, yep he's gone
2: hey jeb did that last night after supper he he just he just left because he lives you know he's moving yeah, back and up. he and kyle said where did jeb go i said i think he left and he's like well i mean he didn't even say bye i was like Kyle, I, I, do we have to go over this again? <laughs> Our family is notorious for not exchanging pleasantries.
1: So, I was sitting there the other day, and so Dad, the phone rings. Dad picks it up. He goes, "Yep, yep, yep," and he hangs up. Yeah, it was three years. And I and I was like who who was that dan he said oh that was Dan he was telling me how high food is now <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah it's called inflation are we gonna get into this study or we just yeah
1: so I was trying to <clears throat> I was trying to set it up because this next section it's, it kind of starts a new theme in uh, chapter two verse 12 and it's and it's he shifts into ministry and last time we talked about he was having some kind of personal issues with what was going on in Corinth, and of course, he made a larger point. We talked about the yes and the no, which I thought was really good. But the the simple issue was he was having issues, and like he didn't he didn't stop by. He was supposed to stop by twice, and he's like, uh, "It's better for you if I don't. I, I'm kind of put out with what's going on there." But he pivots here in verse twelve, and he just he starts describing you know the mission, but it, it, it's kind of a real ministry piece that's going to go for the next three or four chapters and some really, really rich, good stuff in there. And so that's kind of what I was trying to get to with the idea that we all share that same idea of ministry. Let's take a break. But he says in verse 12, uh, when I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ and found that the Lord had opened a door for me, I still had no peace of mind. Because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye to them and went on to Macedonia. Now, I thought that was a really interesting bite because, you know, people make such a big deal about ministry, you know, God opening the door and, you know, I have to step through or I got this calling or I got this, that, and the other. And so Paul's like, yeah, there was an open door. But you know what? I wasn't happy about it because Timothy wasn't there or Titus wasn't there. And so he's like, so I just left. You know, it, it doesn't sound at all like the flowing tales of you know that I hear you know a lot of pastors talk about about their calling. He's just like, yeah, the door is open, but I wasn't happy with the setup, so I moved on. Yep. I mean, you know, I don't know what else to say about that other than it's pretty interesting to me. But then he says, "But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ, and through us." spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him for we are to god the aroma of christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing Uh, to the one to the one we are the smell of death to the other the fragrance of life and who is equal uh, to such a task so i thought it was interesting it's really (coughs) a powerful
0: a powerful read that right there that I, I've, I've, I've gone to that verse and many a time just when I'm looking at it. I'm like, you know, he's right. I mean, to one, they're happy because you had the conversation with them, but to the other, they have their hands on their ears and just looking at you like you're some kind of scumbag. You know what I'm saying? To the one with the smell of death. Well, you just think about it. If you live a lifestyle to where when they see you coming, to a certain percentage up there, or a big percentage, that you, to you, after you get done telling them about Jesus, you begin to have the smell of death surrounding that because you. it is a warning. Here's what's happened. Better come to Jesus. I, I just said it. You know, that, you know I, I wrote it down. Keep the faith. Get out alive. What we're telling them is, you're not gonna get out of here alive unless you come to Jesus. This is the only way we, You you got a better story, we're all ears. So, so far I've never heard anyone come up with a better story than the death to sin and the resurrection of the dead. I have not heard a story that will beat that one. What about you, Al?
1: <clears throat> no, I haven't. And, and the idea that, I, I love it, because he says who's equal to the task, in other words, to think about it, 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 you're you're a living dichotomy, because some people are going to say, "Oh man, that's just that's the ultimate," you, you know. What, what's that cologne you're wearing? And other people are like, "Oh man, you stink." Yeah. You know, what I mean, to have that same impact, and of course, and Jay's talked about this on the last podcast. The more you're engaged and involved, the more difficulty comes your way. So you're, there's no way to do this without having a great fragrance to some without having the stench to the others. I yeah. mean, it's just a, I mean know, there's it's, no
0: way to escape that, uh, the the wrath of the, your fellow man. Oh, he's coming after you, Al, if you just speak the truth about Jesus. You say, for everybody who's saying thank you, there's some out there that hate you over that. Hatred, deep, deep-rooted hatred.
1: No, that's exactly right. Were you gonna say something, Dan?
2: Well, I yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm I'm like Phil. I've, I've used this passage over and over and over, but it makes me think. You know, most of the time when you think about perfume and fake fragrance, you know, you think about women using that, and I mean, you think back to that famous story with Judas and where he was uh, rebuking uh, Mary for pouring this. Perfume out on on Jesus, which he just I mean not only did he like use that as a moment because she had in her wisdom you know speaking of foreseeing things that would happen, she had figured out that he's he's gonna die for for the world here, and so she was you know using that which it's a it's a beautiful story, but I also thought you know there's a transition here in his letters to corinth because most people get so hung up on all the controversy about the women's role and how paul is seemingly you know has this thing against women you know that's a worldly view of it because of corinth when when we had our our guest here talking about the culture back then you know women were revered in in greece i mean they had statues and in that context, it was difficult for them to find their roles given from God as male and female, and which would trickle down to sons and daughters and brothers and sisters. And so then we start this ministry section in Second Corinthians and you keep in mind this whole church was started here by a couple, Priscilla and Aquila. And now it seems like men and women, with their God-given roles that he addressed in first Corinthians have now he's charging this ministry, which I would venture to say, Al, wouldn't you, the next three chapters are some of the most prolific ministry driven words in the Bible. I mean, it culminates at the end saying to get to my point about the women, you know, working with, with men in our venture. When he says, uh, in verse, where's that where it says about a new creation? What is it? Uh, chapter 5 and verse. That's, that's, yeah, the end of 5. Uh, 14, he says, For Christ's love compels us because we we're convinced that one died for all, which <clears throat> to go back to my reference about Mary for seeing that, and therefore all died, and he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them. Now, where's that creation? There's something in there about a new creation. Uh Oh, the next verse. Yeah, 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in that way. We do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, yeah, he is a new creation. The old is gone. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he's committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal to us. So my point is, people in the church, their theology, they read 1 Corinthians, and a lot of churches have tried to muzzle half the church Based on the situation that was going on in Corinth, and when you're reading in Second Corinthians, you're like, "Well, wait a minute here. How are you going to pull this off when
0: you've muzzled half your church?" You see my point. So he, I, I've I've wondered for years, and I've tried to curtail it the best I could, but I don't want to be offensive to anyone. Right. But this text that we're looking at right there, to me, with to the one where the smell of death and to the other, the fragrance of life. You I don't know, boys, whether you can be part of the presenting Jesus to the world, which we're told, go and make disciples of all nations. You baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I'll be with you to the end of the age. Go. Let's get it. I, I, I've tried to not be offensive to the people out there, but that's what he's saying, Phil. When but you I don't know how that, you're going to preach Jesus, Him crucified and raised, without offending him
2: Yeah, once that's
0: declared, that that's what's going to happen.
3: Hang on, let's take a break. Go ahead, uh, Gordon. if you if you look at the message, uh, I've thought about this a lot because I don't like conflict and I don't like to be i don't don't like to be attacked no i know you don't and i don't i I don't i don't like the way that feels i don't like to think that i've offended somebody but if you think about the message the, the message essentially is this you are such a rotten filthy sinful individual that your only hope of redemption is that the son of god had to condescend he had to come down here and take on flesh and die for your sins so when you preach the gospel you're by nature preaching condemnation to people and that and some people hear that and they go yeah I know I'm rotten and this is great news it's a smell of it's a it's a beautiful fragrance but to other people who are prideful to don't want to admit that it's uh it is the smell of death so I thought to myself man this is something I've just got to embrace and I see it on social media or like in news Fox News allows comments at the end and if you read that if somebody even posts a scripture on Twitter the, the, the some high-profile person like Franklin Graham or Marco Rubio, just go look at the responses to that posting of Scripture at the end of those tweets. And I'm telling you, it is the most vile, vicious, disgusting thing you've ever read in your entire life. So I say it's something that we—I don't like it, but I embrace it. And it's almost like a, a badge of, of our discipleship that we do get this response from people—it's
0: a—it's its a—it's it's a, it's a, it's a conundrum. It's you know, the, I mean, the, the, this text says there's no way to get out of it. Jason, to the one you smell like death, and to the other, the fragrance of life. You know, they lead us in triumphal procession, just marching forward. Words, well, that's that's why I brought up the, those have been, those who are perishing, to say the ones the, who come to Jesus and the ones who don't. I guess it's just part of the agenda is what he's saying. But that's why I brought up that story, uh,
2: you know, in John 12 and other places. Because you had two different perspectives of, I mean, they were having a dinner on who Jesus is. You had one, a woman, who, that's why I I brought up that about the perfume and all, who's looking at Jesus one way, and then you have one of his closest followers, supposedly, hand-chosen, who completely is looking at it from a totally different perspective in the same room sitting with Jesus himself. And I think that's... That, Jay,
1: there's, there's another great example, almost the exact same story, but in a little bit different twist in, in Luke 7, when the woman, you know, sinful woman from a town is pouring, again, perfume on his feet, you know, but in mm-hmm. this case, not about his burial, but about, I think, her sinfulness. It's almost like I'm just pouring myself out. And there you have Simon the Pharisee sitting there watching this, but instead of being moved that, man, look at this, a life that's being poured out at the feet of Jesus, he's like, boy, he's not a prophet, because if he was, he'd know what kind, of, know what kind of woman this is, is. You know, and he was offended, like Judas was, about mm-hmm. her actions. So in both cases, The same. The women were doing the same thing with a beautiful message about you know redemption, resurrection, you know sinfulness being redeemed, and Mm -hmm. you got these two guys looking at it with not
3: a clue of what was happening. And I think that's why it's offensive because um, when you see that, the message is that woman, the prostitute, the homosexual, the drug addict, the drunk, at at the foot of the throne of God, because we're all sinful, there's no difference between us. That's right. And uh, we're all. So the message is like, I came to save sinners and Paul said, I'm one of the worst there is. And you start preaching this message and somebody who's prideful and self-righteous is going to hear it and say, you know, I don't like that. That's not that. That doesn't allow me to elevate myself. But Jesus, you just think about the it's what more Jesus than said. That. He said, if, I, it's if not you follow only, me.
0: I, I don't like that. It's, it's I don't like you anymore. To the one. That's right. One loves you. You tell a story. You focus on the Son of God. One instantaneously loves you. Standing right to him, right next to him, is a person hates you. who instantaneously hates you. That's right. I mean, it, it's the story. You'd say, how in the world could you come up with a story where one, when they hear it, they love you the rest yeah. of their life. They, they mm-hmm. love you because you told them and they're like, oh my goodness, I can be set free from my sin. I can be raised from the dead. Life and immortality is mine. I thank you and I love you for sharing that with me. I, I didn't know that. I've run up on thousands. Right next to them, I have another group looking at me and say, I hate your guts because of God, what you do. You no good MFA are cussing. I'm like, boy, I don't know how you're going to be able to escape that according to what the Apostle Paul said right here, to some you just smell like death and to some you have the fragrance of life. Well, how do you know when you come to a person and you tell him the good news, you don't know how he's going to respond. You're just waiting to see, or for the ones who stepped forward and said, "I'm a sinner." And there's no doubt about it. And I, 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 that's the best news I've ever heard in my life.
1: And you, well, you, the way the way you deal with it, Dad, is you ha- you realize that they're not really hating I don't you. Hate they're them. hating the message. I don't, but don't hate ha- them at but all. It's the message. It's the me- you're just a messenger. And so when you're telling that story, and it, it, they may heap it on you, you know, people used to always say, "Don't blame the messenger," but you're the messenger. He says in verse 17, "Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ we speak before God with sincerity, like men sent from God." So he's ultimately mm-hmm. saying, "Look, we're we're compelled to speak truth." And so if you have a problem, it's not really with us, it's with the message and the Almighty.
3: So, I mean, I think that's how you deal with it in terms of moving forward. You you can't take it personally. And the the question I have to answer daily is, why do I speak the message? Number one, I speak the message because of what God's done for me and I love him. And number two, I speak the message because I love you. And how you respond to it is up to you, but I'm willing to have you I'm willing to have you attack me and hate me for speaking a message to you that's that's rooted in my love for God and my love for you. So go ahead. Jesus said, if you follow me, they're going to persecute you. Jesus said, all who live godly in Christ, or Paul did, all who live godly in Christ, Jesus will be persecuted. You just take it for your share and you go on. It's, I did all it's this not a bad thing to be book, hated. On this
0: book, Uncanceled, I had interview after interview after interview after interview. Most of them had come to the frame of mind where they said, but how did you retaliate and get them back for, mm-hmm. for costing you your family? I mean, you know, you got fired. Why didn't you? you I, surely you want to pay them back. And I'm like, actually, I don't want to pay them back. I just I don't hate them. I said they said, but they hate you. They try to destroy you. Surely. What I told them over and over and over, there's one lawgiver and one judge, the one who can both save and destroy. I'll leave the judging business up to God. I don't hold it against them. What do what, what you expect in today's culture or any other culture that there's ever been? There's people that just they hear the message and to them, you smell like death. And there's another one standing right there. It smell like life. So I'm not mad at. People who go around canceling others. But I'm sad. Yeah. I, I kept telling me as I said, I'm sad about it. I'm not mad about it. But you gotta remember, Phil, if you look back at the
2: in the first two chapters, look, verse three, he said, God provides the comfort. Verse uh nine of chapter one, he raises the dead, verse. 12 it says we rely on his grace verse 18 it says he's faithful in verse 21 it says he makes us stand firm he anoints us he sets a seal of ownership on us in 23 23 of chapter 1 it says God was his witness we have that backwards we're like let's go witness for God and he's like I'm calling God as my witness to why I'm doing this, which is an interesting thing. And so, so then Jace, he gets Jace. to here, and he says he leads us, and then we're sent from God. So what I'm saying is we're being attacked, but actually God's the one. He, he's the one using us. They're actually attacking
1: him. Yeah. Yep. The, the, Jace, that's, uh, yeah, that's a good thought. I want to flesh that out a little bit more. We're out of time, so uh, if you want to go over to... Uh, BlazeTV.com slash Unashamed. If you hadn't subscribed, we got some overtime. We're going to finish fleshing this thought out. So we'll see you on the other side. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to BlazeTV at blazeTV.com slash Unashamed.